Likutei Sichais, Chelik Yudzayin, Volume 17, the Sicha for Parsha Tazria and HaChodesh. This Sicha is based on a Sicha and also on several on a few Hasidic discourses, a few Maimorim which the Rebbe delivered. It was compiled together. And it will explain and answer the question, what is really greater, the supernatural or the natural? Or perhaps, maybe both of them together. So this week, we're going to read, in addition to the normal course and schedule of Parshiota Shavua, of the Parsh of the week, which is Tazria, we're also going to read the last, the fourth, of the special series of Parshiot which we read around this time of the year. And that is Parshas HaChodesh. HaChodesh is the Parsha, is the first time that Moshe speaks to the Jewish people and delivers them the mitzvot from Hashem. The first mitzvah, that's the first verse, talks about the mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh, establishing a new month, a new Jewish month. And then it mentions, the second thing is that Rosh Chodesh Nisan, the month of Nisan, should be counted as the first month of the yearly cycle of the months as far as the Jewish people are concerned. And then it goes on, many verses describing in detail the rules and criteria for the Korban Pesach, the Passover offering that they had to offer in Egypt and later generationally throughout all the times perpetually. Now, sometimes, as is the case this year, Parshas HaChodesh, this special reading, and Parshas Tasriya coincide. And therefore, since they coincide as a normal matter of fact from time to time, there must be a connection between them. Nothing is coincidental, especially when it comes to Torah. And therefore, it must be said that there is some kind of common point, common theme that joins them together. However, at first glance, it doesn't seem like there's anything that connects these two. Moreover, it actually seems, when you look at, uh, 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 analyze what Achodesh is talking about, and what Tazriya is talking about, at least the beginning, it seems to be conflicting. They seem to be totally different and diametrically opposed concepts. And the question then is, how do they come together? Now here's what it is. HaChodesh, the Parsha which talks about HaChodesh, which, which Chodesh is it, as we mentioned? The month of Nisan. The month of Nisan is known as the month of redemption. Redemption is something that comes from above. In fact, as we know, there's a verse in the, in the in Shir Hashirim, in the Song of Songs, which describes what took place in Egypt when Hashem came to redeem them by the Exodus. And it says, voice, That the sound of my beloved that came, meaning it came, it came from above. It didn't happen from us, it came from beyond us. And it was skipping. Skipping is also a sign of something that comes from far, far away and it skips. In other words, this represents what we call in Kabbalistic terms, Isarusa de la Eila, an awakening from above. And then, especially considering that afterwards in detail you have the carbon discussion of the carbon Pesach. What is the idea of the carbon Pesach, the Passover offering? Pesach is Passover, which again is something which is above, which is beyond, which is skipping over, which is like basically something coming from above. However, when we look at Tazria, what does Tazria say? It says, Isha ki Tazria, a woman, literally translated, a woman who will give seed, the Yolda Zachar, and she will give birth to a male. 
um, esoterically speaking, as the Alter Rebbe explains in the Kuti Torah, that we know that just everything that appears in the Torah is not just in its simple sense, in its basic sense, but rather there's always a deeper meaning. There's something that reflects the esoteric in the words that are written in the verse. So what is Ish? What is a man, so to speak? That is a reference to Hashem, says the Alter Rebbe. Woman is a reference to the Jewish people, the Knesset Yisrael. And he explains, based on what the sages say, quote, if the man first gives seed, if the conception, so to speak, comes first from the man's power, then you give birth to a nekeva, to a female. However, if that power of birthing comes from the woman, is triggered first by the woman, by that feminine aspect, then it gives birth then it bores a male. What is the idea of male and female? We do find that this is not to be in any way chauvinistic, but just in terms of this discussion, the idea of female here represents the, so to speak, the weaker gender, which means that it's something that is not as strong, not as uh, impactive, not as everlasting. And what it means is when when the effect, when the, so to speak, the Spiritual arousal comes from above, comes from the Ish, comes from the man, comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, from Hashem. Then it's not as permeating and effective as when it comes from the person, when it comes from down below, when it comes from us, from, from our Avodah that triggers this arousal, that triggers this connection to Hashem. Then it's everlasting. Then it has more of a permeance because it has more of, a, of an impact. So you see that these things are two are diametrically opposed. Whereas Achoydish represents something coming from above, and Tazria specifically discusses Ishaki Tazria. This it starts off with a woman, quote, coming from below, coming from our power, coming Milmato Lamaila. And therefore the question is, how then do these two come together and become, so to speak, unified as one theme? As one message, like the Rebbe said, the fact that they come together obviously is telling is, is that they have a connection between them. What then would be the connection? So to get better appreciated, says the Rebbe, let's take a little look at what Parshas HaChodesh is all about. What really is it all about? What's taking place here? So when you look at the Evan Ezra, this is how he explains. It's one of the most important and primary commentary, commentaries on the Torah. The Eben Ezra explains that if you look at the difference between the moon and the sun, you'll see that the sun actually represents what we would call the yearly cycle. You see, because really the sun has no breakdown of months. It has a full cycle of 365 days, and that encompasses the four, it affects the four seasons, but it's one continuum one full cycle as it orbits, it goes around, and it takes about 365 plus six hours, uh, 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 more or less. Whereas the moon actually does not have a yearly cycle. Rather, it specifically has a monthly cycle. It goes for 29 and a half days, which basically makes up the 30 days of the month. So he explains that what the Torah is saying that this month, meaning counting of the months, Hashem is establishing, which has to do specifically with the moon, says Hashem, the order of the months should begin to be counted from the month of Nisan. 
Whereas Rosh Hashanah, which is in the month of Tishrei, that is more connected to the cycle of the moon, of the sun, that is, the solar cycle, and therefore that has a totally different time of the year. So according to the Avon in short, what we're establishing here is since we're beginning to count months, or the emphasis here is about counting months, therefore Hashem is establishing when is the first month of these monthly cycles, because the moon does not have an inherent yearly cycle. That's what the Evan Ezra explains. The Medrash, however, has a whole different explanation on this Pasuk. The Medrash says that what does it mean? And, and, I'm sorry, the Medrash says, the Medrash notes on the words, this month is to you, says the Medrash as follows. When Hashem chose his world, that means when he chose to make the world, he established in it the heads of the months and the years, meaning he established Rosh Chodesh and Rosh Hashanah. However, when he now chose Yaakov and his children, so now he established, he set a Rosh Chodesh, a beginning of a month, a first month of redemption. So the Baal HaKedah, which is a Kabbalistic uh, commentary, explains that what does it mean, quote, Hashem chose his world? What does that mean? That this is a reference, this relates to the natural course of things, the natural conduct, that for this Hashem established Rosh Hashanah. However, when Hashem chose, quote-unquote, He chose Yaakov and his sons, which this is the disruption of the natural course of things. This is already a supernatural course, a supernatural course of conduct. Here Hashem established the month of Nisan to represent this. This is how He explains it. So now says the Rebbe, whenever you have two varying commentaries, or perhaps even more. But when you have few or several commentaries on the very same subject matter, on the very same verses, on the very same topic, it, since it is Torah, and the Torah is all unified, the Torah is one Torah, from one Hashem to one people, therefore there always there must be an, at least an internal connectivity between all of them, there is something that brings them together and that unites them. In fact, perhaps, and these are my own words, perhaps we can say it this way, that they're really both saying one, they're both one and the same. However, each commentary or each varying medrash brings it, expresses it in their own style, so to speak. But really, they all come together and they all bring up the same point. So therefore, there must be a connection. We must find a way to connect to join the way the Evan Ezra explains it and the way the Medrash explains it. So the Rebbe says, if you look at the sun and the moon, we will find a parallel to what the Medrash says. Remember, the Medrash says something about the natural course of things and the supernatural course of things. That is the distinction of Parashas HaChodesh. Since the Rebbe, if you look at the sun, the sun represents more the what we what we call the natural course of things because it's something that's constant it's something that happens all the time it's a continuum and as we mentioned there's no breakdown even of months it starts and it goes a full cycle continuously the same thing whereas and by the way you see that in the word shana okay the word year year relates more to the sun as we said because the sun is the one that has that yearly cycle the word shana comes from the word Mishnah, which means to repeat. It's a repetitive thing. It constantly goes over and over again. Whereas the moon, 
represent, represents already something that is more of the supernatural. That can perhaps be a, 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 an indicator of the supernatural. Why? Because what is supernatural? Supernatural inherently means that it's not constantly the same thing. It, you have a normal chorus and sometimes it goes higher, sometimes it goes back. In other words, it doesn't stay the same. It's not something that is a constant repetitive thing. And in fact, that's where the word month, what is the what Hebrew word for month? Chodesh. Chodesh comes from the word chidush, which means a novelty. There's always something new. There's always a change. There's always a renewal. There's something that it goes, it comes. It's not always the same. The question is, if that's the case, it seems to make sense. So everything is fine. There's a parallel between the Evan Ezra and the Medrash. They kind of say one and the same. He talks about, he, he expresses it in terms of the sun and the moon, and they express it in terms of the natural versus the supernatural conduct course of the world. However, if we look closely, what did the verse say? It says, This month is to you, the first of months, this is the first for the months of the year. So it mentions both months, which we said represents the idea of supernatural, that is a symbol of the supernatural, so to speak, and it also says years. So the question is, if it's talking about the moon, what, what connection does it have to year? We said the moon doesn't have a year, and the moon represents the supernatural, which is the antithesis, so to speak, of that concept of shana, of repetitiveness. And on the other hand, if you look at the Medrash, the Medrash doesn't say that when Hashem established the world, He established years. And then say, when Hashem chose uh, his, Yaakov and his sons, He established months. No, it says in both, months and years. So you see that now it kind of throws both in together. Well, according to what we said, it would make more sense that the sun is kind of aligned with the concept of year, con continuous, con constant repetitiveness, and that the moon should be aligned, should uh, associated with the idea of renewal, the idea of supernatural. Therefore, we have to say that the truth is that in general, although they're two different things, as we said, but however, there is an inclusion between the two of them. Like everything else, we know that the whole, the, the ultimate of the, of the Torah is to bring things together. They become inclusive of one another. In other words... Even when Hashem, quote, chose his world, in other words, he chose the constant, normal, natural course of things, even then there was an aspect of nais, there was an aspect of super, supernatural uh, course too involved in that. And on the other hand, when Hashem chose that there should be a supernatural course, when he chose us, then too there is a connection to the natural. To understand this better, in other words, to better clarify it, the idea you know, what is the idea? What is the purpose of these two modes will help? I'm sorry, by understanding the purpose of these two modes, what their objective is. In other words, why is there a mode of naturality and supernaturality? In other words, what is their objective? We'll understand why really they can both come together. Not only they can both come together, they both should come together and they both do come together. So in general, what is the idea of a supernatural? The supernatural clearly shows and reveals the power of the infinite, that Hashem runs the world, that there's nothing that stands in His way. How does it do it? Actually, He does it by voiding the existence, the self-existence, 
That's that, that self-feeling, so to speak, of the world. It kind of makes it to naught. And by doing that, by disrupting the normal course of nature, it's revealed, it becomes very clear and evident that Hashem is in charge. Hashem runs the world. On the other hand, nature, the natural course of things, what does that really show? That although the world seems to be, and so to speak, an exclusive entity, an entity in itself that runs itself, that has kind of a, this machine that kind of goes on its own. But yet, when one looks deeper, when one looks closely, one begins to appreciate within nature and you also see the power of Hashem. See, since the Torah, the whole world that is, was created for the purpose of the Torah and the purpose of the Jews. So we have to say that these two things are also reflected in the mode of avoda, the mode of service that a yid has towards Hashem. In the one hand, you have the mode of service which seems to be more aligned, or in the category, I should say, of that supernatural conduct. And that is what we call Kabbalah's oil and Mesidus Nefesh, which is basically selflessness. What does that mean? You put aside, you totally shut down, your own emotions, your own intellect, your own feelings, your own understanding, your own appreciation, and you do something because that's the way it has to be done. You see, your feelings and, and, and emotions, that really is something natural because it's normal and natural that when you feel good about something, you understand something, you feel good about it, then you're motivated to do it. To motivate yourself to do something in spite of or perhaps not even considering your feelings, or do you understand it? Do you not understand it? Do you like it? Do you not like it? And yet you choose, you opt to do it anyway. That is something supernatural. That is like a, a nace. That's like a miraculous type of conduct. On the other hand, however, you also have what, what would be in the category, it would be aligned in the category of natural conduct. And that is not only also required, but it's primarily required. A person has to engage their thoughts, their intellect, their emotions, their feelings, in order to be fully involved in the mitzvah. Because if a person just does the mitzvah in that, quote, supernatural manner, in a manner they just do it selflessly and because they just accept it upon themselves and force themselves to do it, then they're not really doing it. They're not really present. They're not really fully into it. The ultimate purpose, the ultimate intent of Hashem when He gave us the mitzvah is that we should join these two. In the one hand, we should have that supernatural mode, but at the other hand, we should have that self-motivation that comes from within and works with every facet of ourselves when it comes to serving Hashem. The same is also in the world. It's not two separate things. It's not like you have nature and then you have supernatural. Really, they go hand in hand. In fact, there's a famous saying in the Kabbalah by the same uh, author we mentioned before, that says, that if, quote, if somebody argues that he only, so to speak, he, meaning Hashem, only has the power in the supernatural and not in the natural, then God forbid he's denying the shleimus of Hashem. He's denying the power of Hashem. And that's impossible. Obviously, Hashem has the power in the finite as well as in the infinite, in the natural as well as in the supernatural. And the same thing is by every yid. Every Jew ultimately is like a hybrid. It's a unity between two extreme modes. In the one hand, there is the, so to speak, the superficial mode, which is the just acceptance, and it's just 
everything, I do whatever Hashem wants, but on the other hand, I engage each and every aspect of myself, that inner detailed koiches of mine, go and serve Hashem. And this, how does this come about? By one revealing the essence of one soul. And this is expressed in the fact that we see in the nature itself, we can also see an aspect of this. In the nature itself, we can see that there is an aspect of also something supernatural. For example, let's take, for example, if you look at the constellations, the sun and the moon, how they constantly rotate, they're constantly on the move. And we're talking not one day, not two days, not one year, not two years, thousands of years. When you looked at this and you observe this, you come to a realization in other words, you look at the natural course of it, you one comes to the realization that, hey, something must be moving this, something must be guiding this, something must be energizing this. This is not happening on its own. It cannot hop in on its own. It's, how can it move itself? And in fact, this is how the Rambam explains how our first ancestor, Rabbi Vinu, how he came to the conclusion that there must be a God. When he saw the sun and the moon and everything, how it's rotating and everything is moving and everything is functioning, he came to realization that it, can't be, it cannot be happening on its own. So this is in short looking at nature, seeing the normal course of nature and realizing that there is something higher than that. On the other hand, when you look at nature, you see also the aspect of the supernatural, that infinite power. Where is that? If you think about it, how is it possible that the sun and the moon are exactly the same that they were on the first day of their creation and they keep on moving and keep on, and keep on going again and again and again and again and they don't seem ever to wear out, to deteriorate, to slow down or anything. So there you see the aspect, the power, so to speak, of the miracle, the power of the infinite, that while they're finite, because they have a size, they have a dimension, they have a space, they go here, they don't go there. So they have a very direct, finite course, a very direct, a very specific, finite existence, and yet at the same time, they also have an infinite aspect to them. So this is how you see in the natural you can see the supernatural. In the finite, you can see the infinite. Now let's look on the other hand. In the miracle, there are times when you can also see the natural, the, the normal course of things. And that is the best example is something we experienced not too long ago, which is Purim. Purim is actually the ultimate miracle. It's the greatest miracle ever. But what matter did it come about? It was what we call melubash beteva. It was garbed, it was concealed in nature. And in fact, this makes it the ultimate, the ultimate miracle. Because the fact that it was concealed in nature means that nature was not disrupted. You see, when a miracle takes place and it disrupts nature, it shatters nature momentarily, that is not the ultimate. The ultimate is here where they worked in harmony, when the miracle happened through the natural, when the, when the supernatural took place through the natural, when the infinite expressed itself through the finite. And now we can understand how these two, two things come together. Remember back to the original, one of the original questions. How does this idea of month and year come together? The idea is that when Hashem established Nisan, when He established the month of Nisan as the month of miracles, as being the, the, the head of the supernatural, at the same time He also established it as the head of the year, beginning with Nisan, the Jewish year. Why? Because it also has the aspect of the year. The supernatural, the ness, for it to be 
so to speak, fully appreciated, it has to also be coupled and it has to be united. It has to be joined together, so to speak, with the aspect of shana, with the aspect of natural, of the continuous, the constant. And on the other hand, we understand also when Hashem established the the um, the year when he quote when he chose the world his world and he chose the year he also established with it the idea the aspects of the month and now we can understand the connection between Parshas Achodesh and Parshas Tazriah that although this comes from above this is miracle and this comes from below Tazriah as we said in the beginning which represents the idea of nature of finite but the ultimate is when they come together when they come together and work together in harmony. And complement each other that is the ultimate and that actually will manifest itself and materialize when Mashiach comes that, uh, that it says ish ish that it's always going to be so this quote-unquote a birth meaning a result of the aspect of ish of as we said the strong agenda which means that it's going to be something everlasting although it's going to come from above the revelations then will come from above but it'll also have the power and also have the benefit and the advantage of what we discuss when it comes from below, when it comes from mankind.